Hi, everyone. It's Nahum Siegel with another edition of JM Rewind. This JM Rewind, a very special edition. Uh, we suffered the loss last week of Harav Adin Steinsaltz, and I had an opportunity uh, when the uh, first volume of the Talmud came out uh, with our friends at Koren to interview Rav Steinsaltz along with Rav Weinrib uh, in a conversation that, um, that discussed the incredible monumental work. It is an interview that goes back to mid-2012. And here it is for you on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. And it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Corin Publishers has released the initial volume of Corin Talmud Bavli. Brachos with commentary. Rabbi Adin Evan Yisrael Steinsaltz. He is in our studio this morning, as is the editor-in-chief of this project. He is the, exec- the executive director emeritus, executive vice president emeritus of the Orthodox Union. That's Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Weinrib. Rabbi Steinsaltz, welcome to our program. Thanks. Pleasure to have you here. Thanks uh, for, for the welcome. I mean, instead of being chased out, I'm welcome in. So it's already a good beginning. <laughs> Rabbi, and, uh, Rabbi, let me just greet Rabbi Roger. Rabbi Roger, welcome to the show. Great to have you back. Thank you very much. It's good to be here again. <laughs> How was the 75th birthday celebration? It was, uh, it was just, uh, I would say it was a joke. A joke? I, a joke, because I'm not yet 75. <laughs> I mean, it has to wait. I'm, uh, I'm 75 in in the month of Av. Ah. So it's But who wants to celebrate in the month of Av? Who wants to celebrate? <laughs> who wants to celebrate being 75? <laughs> I mean, if it, it would be a, a celebration of being being 25, I would join it join it gladly. Well, are you one of those who looks back with great nostalgia and thinks of the previous 75 years or you just continue to move on irrelevant I, I, what I'm the age is? Not irrelevant. I'm trying to move faster. I didn't achieve everything that I wanted to do in the in the last few years. So I'm I'm trying to run as fast as I can, and I'm trying. I make my plans for the next. Uh, I said it about 170 years. 170 years in the future. Then I I'm, I'm thinking about retiring. So you have a long-term plan, and that's very long-term. Well, there are lots of things to do. I mean, the the the, the whole world. And uh, uh, I'm also from Jerusalem. As we were right. talking about, we're talking uh, about the, uh, that that in Jerusalem you do you do about seventy things together. Yeah. So so I there are uh, so many things that I, that I think has to be done. It's not so much that I want to do. I want also to do lots of things. Some of them are uh, may maybe you you count bizarre things, and some of them are. Are, uh, to to me makes sense. I don't know if you know. It's not it's not terribly popular here. There was the, the one of the great great rabbonim of the last century, yeah. the Ben Ishai. Right. Now he was not only very prolific, but he wrote all kinds of books, from books about uh, say from from uh, from Piskealoches, Sifre Drush. He also, there is a whole book of stories that he told. And there is a small book he wrote about mathematics. 
so you have, you had the Rabonim of all the time. And it's really embraced the whole world. Now, there is, there is something, something which is, which is needed for the whole world. Meaning if you would, in theory, finish your goals when it comes to Talmud, for instance. There's yes. plenty more, plenty other subjects and areas you'd okay, like to explore. I, I'm already doing uh, some of these, uh, these other subjects, and I hope that will appear in, 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 in the short while, because right. I'm in a hurry, see. Look, one thing which I, which I, I have to, to say, see, I'm, I'm not, not only one of those people that are saying it in, in the Siddha, but I, I, I really believe in Biasa Mashiach. And I feel, I feel the need of it very much. But you see, as long as it doesn't come, there are lots of things to do. When he comes, there will be a boss. And he possibly, see, I'm no, I won't stop his way, because many Rabonim are on his way in a very simple thing. They are afraid that when he comes, they won't have, they won't have a shlish and a shish. Now, I, I am they ready. They want Yes, okay. See, he's the head of, of this and this organization. He's afraid, okay? There is a new government. And the new government will be very different. Now, There's a new sheriff in town, as they say. <laughs> as the expression goes. Okay. But I, I personally, I'm just dreaming about the time when they, they relegate me to the right place, right. sitting in some, some obscure corner. I want to turn to Rabbi Weinrib for a yes. moment, just so we sure. can understand the procedure here. Uh, good morning, Rabbi Weinrib. Um, it, this, this, just to make it clear to our audience, this entire shas has not been released yet, correct? Right. The first, what is the, the system that will be used for the Steinsaltz English edition? Right. Now, of course, first of all, this is a, a translation of Rav Steinsaltz's Hebrew translation of the entire shas, of the entire Talmud. Which was done between what years? The Hebrew was started when? How long ago? Oh, about 47 years ago. And completed when? It completed about two years ago. Wow, okay. So it took too much time. It took a long time. So Longer than expected, huh? Much longer. <laughs> so Rav Steinsaltz put in 45 years of hard work. Wow. And what we're doing is taking his Hebrew translation and uh, translating it into English. Uh, now, his Hebrew translation was not just a translation, but it also has extensive notes of all kinds. Unbelievable. When you notes look the notes range from notes about the halacha, mm -hmm. uh, notes about the personalities in the Talmud, both the famous uh, Tanoim and Amoroim, and sometimes the the non-Jews, the more obscure, uh, obscure, or uh, obscure yeah. people, people who played a role, uh, Shvor Malka, Haspasionos, mm -hmm. uh, etc., people who are uh, figures in general history, and there's notes about them. Uh, there's notes about the language, the origin of certain words. There are many words in the Talmud, as you know, that are neither Lushan Kodesh right. nor Aramaic. They're Greek or Latin or Persian. Uh, so there are also photos and diagrams, by right. the way, now, <laughs> which is unbelievable. What Steins out there in the original was he provided many, many diaries, uh, diagrams. However, in, in our edition, the New English edition, these diagrams are upgraded right. to full-color photos. Uh, because we now have access to the internet and other means mm -hmm. uh, to all sorts of uh, photographs of of coins. There's a beautiful picture in there of the kuchen, mm -hmm. the old way that people were buried in uh, vertically in 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 in, uh, in walls of caves. 
Uh, there's pictures of a, a beautiful picture of an achsadra. Achsadra is usually translated as a porch mm -hmm. or a, a portico. And there's a picture of an achsadra, and of course the origin of the word achsadra is explained in language. So besides the translation, there are extensive, extensive marginal notes. All right, is this the only volume that's out of this So point? far, this just came out two weeks ago. This is We're the first calling volume. it Brachos 1? This is Brachos, this is the entire Masechah. The entire Masechah Brachos. The entire Masechah Brachos is in one volume. Masechah Shabbos is about to be given to the printer. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be in two volumes. The first volume is completely edited and ready to go. The second volume will be right behind it. Uh, we hope to finish the entire project in four years. Um, we were able to do that because Rav Steinfeld did all the work. And it took him 45 <laughs> it's all there. years. We're just translating into English and supplementing it wherever we can. Is it... Yes, but you see, Rabbi Weinrim is not just... I mean, he's... First of all, he's supervising. And let me tell you from, from lots of experience, supervising a work of more than one person is a complicated job. See, there are different people. And translating... Translating is not, it's not a simple translation. It's not documents. So you need somebody to, to have in his eye and his ashgoche. I'm not speaking about kashras, right. but ashgoche in the very supervision. simple way. Supervision about joining the things together, see? Because it has to appear not a, 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 a compilation of all kinds of, right. of art papers. Right. But, uh, this audience is familiar with the greatness of Robert Weidrup, by the way. Um, no, no, I'm not speaking about his greatness. No, I'm saying his I'm unbelievable speaking, ability to I'm both supervise. About his work, right. the work that he has done, and uh, uh, the other things about the OU. There are other things to say, right. which is. Uh, yeah. I see. Uh, but Baruch Hashem, but uh, it's not false modesty for me to say uh, that the work, of course, the original work was Shine's author's work. The translation, the editing is really done by a team of translators. Uh, the team is headed by the managing editor, by Josh Schreier, right. who uh, grew up in the United States of America, is familiar with the American English language, but has been living there to stroll 30 plus years. Um, and his whole entire team is a. Uh, you can look at the at the sefer. You'll see besides the content, the language, etc., the photographs. The design is is exceptional. Yeah, it's spectacular. It's, it's absolutely just spectacular. spectacular. There there are two parts to it. When you open it, as you would open a sefer, mm -hmm. then it you open it up onto the Vilna page. Right. However, the Vilna page is menukad. Right. The Gemara and Rashi are both punctuated with commas and question marks and the kudot. Which was the original Steinzaltz uh, contribution to all this, right? Exactly. I, I'm not sure about the Rashi, though. I think that's... Well, the, the Rashi is here new. The Rashi is ah. new. I mean, we, we thought that uh, yes, if, if anybody wow. in America is going to study Gemara and Rashi, you, you should make his way a little bit yeah. easier. So and it, it's certainly easier. It's and the tosfos too is not menukad, but it's punctuated. So when a person is studying tosfos, he'll have right. periods and commas and question marks and exclamation marks, right. which is a tremendous, tremendous aid. The second part. Now we open it up as you would open up an English book. Right. So there you see the the text of the Gemara, but I must point out the text is broken down into discrete, separate statements. So you can follow the Shakla Vataria, you can follow the give and take of the Gemara step by step by step. Sometimes it's just a one-line piece, sometimes it's four or five lines. Oh, this is unbelievable. And, and, and next to the, the uh, text, the Hebrew text, 
in is the English translation, right. which is always longer than the Hebrew text. English <laughs> right. language requires right. more words than the Hebrew. Um, and then in the margins, you have the marginalia, the marginal notes, and you have the illustrations, and you have a lot of white space. So when you look at the page, you're not overwhelmed as some people are by there's so much on this page, what can I do? It's broken down so you can study it step by step by step. The entire project will be 41 volumes. That's Correct. the expectation. That's and, right. and can I assume that this is going to try to at least uh, be in advance of the Dafyomi cycle? Yeah, the plan is to try to be in advance of the Dafyomi cycle. That's our plan, uh, well in advance of it. Right. Uh, we, we did it for Brachot. Shabbos 2 will be in time. Right. And as I speak, as we speak right now, uh, and all the work is being done in, in Israel, uh, there are people working on Masechtos which won't be released for two or three years. Right. I met a fellow the other day who was deeply involved in, in translating Masechtos Nadorim. Right. So he's, he's got time. He's, he's Not got, as much as he thinks, but he's, he's got he's time. He's got time. But fr from his initial <laughs> translation, of course, it goes through many levels right. of editing for content, for accuracy, for lumbus, right. for language, for style, etc. What makes a good translator? I know it sounds like a silly question, but there are probably great translators, some of whom you'd prefer to work with and others you would not prefer to work with. Feindas, I'm sure, has his opinions about <laughs> it. Um, my opinion is every translation is to some extent a commentary. Right. Uh, Tagamunculus is not just a translation, it's right. commentary there. However, I think a good translator has to know not to give too much of his own ideology or his own commentary. The commentary is necessary to explain the text, but a good translator gives over the text, the flavor of the text, with just enough extra commentary to make it clear, and the rest is up to the, the student. What we try to do in this whole project is to allow the student to study and ask. It's designed to provoke discussion, to provoke questions, not to provide answers, but to open things up. And that's even in the, 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 the graphic design, it's open, it's, it's prompting people. People are asked, okay, here's a statement, think about it, right. ask. I'm sure there's some people curious if this is in any way related to Rabbi Steinzoltz's work with Random House, which made a big splash years ago. Yes, this is, a, this is an entirely new translation. Uh, new design, uh, new emphasis. Uh, it's it's. We, we, we've. I hate to use the expression "ground zero," right. but we started really pretty much from ground zero. As if it was a completely. Uh, as if it's a completely new work. It All is, the translations it are is new. It is in many ways. See the, the old translation. Old translation. Even first of all, it took too much space and time. Mm -hmm. It was it was verbose, and we found out later on that they. One of the main, the main subjects, or one of the main, I would say, drives is, I want to see, I, I what, what do I want? See, the, the publisher, of course, wants to, to have the book sold. And then, when he sells the books, he's satisfied. Right. Now, I want the book to be used. Right. It's a slightly <laughs> different, different book position. A different priority. See, it's, it's, it's not, it's not contradictory, but right. it's not the same. Now, what does it mean to be used? I want the people to get, see, to, to be not, not to become too lazy by sitting there. Because, look, America in general is not a, is the, the times of, of conquering the, 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 the West <coughs> passed already. So people live in houses. 
and people want comfort. Right. But you see, learning learning a more is not a matter of comfort. If you want to if you want to hear a droshe, and if you want to hear as you you I'm sure your station provides people, they they have to they can sit with closed eyes and listen to Nigunim. Right. And the Nigunim are not making them jump. Now if you want to learn something, you have to see to be alert. So it's a different the end of house edition was in a way a little bit too comfortable. Right. Too comfortable. Right. Too comfortable. And therefore it doesn't it doesn't really make make the see, I would like to have basically if I dream, I mean I would like to have thousands more of people that are studying. Understood. Rabbi Steinsaltz, with that in mind, what do you think of those who casually study the Talmud, who spend 30 minutes a day on a page or two in order to c cover ground in the Talmud? Look, I, I, for, for me, the smallest, the smallest is also important. You see, if, if people do it, do it casually. But you see, they have to do it casually. But it's, it's like eating. You cannot eat just by looking at things. You have to swallow them. You have to take an active role. <laughs> you have an active role. Now, the active role is very important. See, the, as, as Rabbi Weinberg said, the, new, the empty spaces are in a way, it's a hint. It's not an invitation. It's a hint for people. Okay, and now put your own comments. Right. You'd put, like that. You'd like people to add what they think. I to mean, what you said. Look, they are, they are learning. Right. They are learning. And there's a very, a very beautiful Gemara that says, if two people sit together and learn, and both of them don't know much, mm -hmm. and in fact, they, they, they make mistakes together, more mistakes than one person can make. So the Bonishel says, Vedigloi Olay Avo. He loves it. He loves it. He loves those those two poor people who don't understand much, mm -hmm. but are sitting and trying to understand. So that is, if the Bonichelem loves it, I can say that I'm against it. Right, then I understand. So, <laughs> so, so that's it. So if you look, one one line, one word, as a, you know it from Pirkei Oves, what it says, Alemid Mechavero Aflu, Oisachas. And it is also important. So I... I would like to people to have the people, if they can, just look into it. If you can't have it in your heart completely, right. look into it. And what is more impressive, and I don't, I don't want to, God forbid, um, uh, endorse defacing uh, volumes of Talmud, but there is something impressive about those who have their own notes, in a respectful fashion, of course, on the margins of a Talmud and add their own commentary, right? That's that's a... Uh, that's that's I, again. I don't want to talk about the practice. I'm just saying there's something impressive about it. <laughs> yeah, whether you write it or, right. or speak about it orally or write it in a separate notebook, but yes. uh, part of studying and certainly studying Torah is adding one's own chidushim, one's own thoughts, Are there own uh, questions, uh, and coming to it from one's own perspective. Right. I mean, people have different backgrounds, See, different strengths, weaknesses. Many years ago, I heard a nice drosh. I hope it is it is allowed on this this station. I heard it for a. A rabbi from 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 Baghdad, and you, he said something like this: he "says there is a, a pasuk in Mishlei, ne'emonim pitzay orev ve'natoras neshikosoyne." What he says? Who says it? He says the Gemara says it. 
the Gemara says, when you learn Gemara, it's sometimes two to learn together. And they begin to pound the book. See? They hit the book because they are, they get, you They're know, excited. Excited. Yeah. They, they, they hit the book. So the book says, how, how sweet is the fruit to be pounded. <laughs> now you finish the book and kiss it. So the book says, now Torah says, it's too much. I don't want to be kissed. I want to be pounded. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Another Gemara compares the study of Torah for what Ava knows that the process starts when there are Oyevim Zelazeh, they're fighting and arguing, and in the end, they're Ohavim Zelazeh, they, they're, they're friendly. Right. Um, it is it is ironic. As a young kid, I remember some of the comments that people made about your first Gemara, your first commentary. I think we discussed this last time you were here. Well, uh, there was there was quite a worldwide reaction to the fact that you had the courage, or whatever word you want to use, uh, to in fact create this uh, uh, notated Gemara, right? One that made life easier for people. And at the same time, provided a an explanation that you know people would find easier to study the Talmud. Fast forward a few decades, and the majority, I think, or I wonder if you could argue with me if you think I'm wrong, but I think the majority of Talmud students in this world are now studying translations, are now studying through certainly commentaries, but even more than that, through translations. What is your impression of the current era based on what you went through back well, then? Well, look, first of all, everything needs somebody to get to get in, to jump. Everybody needs to get in, to jump in, into things. That right. is one thing. Secondly, what I said was, I mean, of course, not me, and I hope not others. I mean, don't have the others upon him, the, the, the chutzpah, the, the, to compare with Rashi. Rashi is, is for us what I call the idea, but the ideal. But you see, before Rashi, it was much harder life. People don't think about it, but before Rashi... What was Talmud like before Rashi? You can, if you want to have a small uh, mm -hmm. look at it, look at the Talmud Yerushalmi. Mm -hmm. Rashi wasn't there. So you see how it is, how it is still a foreign country for most of the of the people. Why? Rashi wasn't there. So Rashi came. And Rashi, Rashi paved the way. One of the points that, that happened is, is in, a, in a way, it's, look, in the time of Rashi, Rashi could rely on the quality of his pupils, of his students. Right. He could rely on the, see, Rashi writes, he, even his commentary is, is half Aramaic. <laughs> because, of course, everybody was studying understood it. Now, you, you take the Rashi text, Rashi text, and Rashi, Rashi becomes too far away. So what, what I, I, I'm, I try to say, and other people understood it and after some time, that you have now a different generation, a generation that didn't, that you see, in the time, in the time of the, of the Gemore, every little boy, surely every adult, knew the Bible by heart. And therefore, when you when you quote the post, you say the goimer, which means mm -hmm. the rest of it. No, it means you finish right. it. You finish it. You can't say just a half of a post. You finish the post. Right. So everybody knew it by heart. Everybody knew Mishnah by heart. 
every even small scholars knew Mishra is by heart. Now, this is this was the time, that time. It was the time of Rashi, it wasn't so very different. Now we're coming to thousand years later. We don't know, we don't know, not the, not the Chumash, and we don't know the Mishnahis, and we don't know, see, it's, let's say something else, I mean, which is uh, possibly should be said also in America. <laughs> yeah. Look, there was a time what they used to say, say, it's, it's possibly, I'm, I hope I'm allowed to say a word in Yiddish. See, they used to say, Shiksibamrov, Kenorch Paskin and Ashaide. The, 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 the little non-Jewish girl who works for the rabbi can also answer questions, halachic questions. Why? Because the world was full with learning. It's not only, it didn't only go to the, to the scholars. The little children, little children. Who were in that the, environment. They were in the environment. Right. The, the, it's, I'm not speaking, I, I don't have no, not a nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was such a great place. But a Jewish title was full of, of Yiddishkeit in the air. Now, this was that something, you understood things, you knew what I mean. Now, even when you go in a place which is more or less Shemir Mitzvah, you don't have it. Mm-hmm. You have now a sterility in the air. Mm-hmm. And so, so in order to do, to overcome all these gaps, that is what what you need. A, and you need another commentary. I mean, it's it, totally understood. Anything you want to add on this, everyone? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, of course, Rostein's also was the pioneer mm-hmm. in the translation of Shas of Talmud. Uh, and now, uh, as you say, I think you're quite correct. Uh, the majority uh, of Talmud students are learning through translation. Some type of translation. Right. That, that's uh, that's for sure. Whether it's good or bad, I think is besides the point because that's the mitzvah. That's the reality. Way, that's, the, that's the reality. There's another reality I want to add, and that is studying Torah and accessing Torah electronically. Mm-hmm. And one of the features of uh, the new current Talmud Bavli is that there will be an iPad version. The iPad version for Brochos will be available this summer in mm-hmm. July. Really, it's a few weeks from now. Uh, and that's going to create a whole new revolution, which I can't even imagine where that's going to go. Uh, one of the advantages, for example, in the electronic version is, for example, on the very first Daf and Brochos, Rabbi Gamliel is mentioned in the Mishnah. Mm-hmm. So we have Rav Steinthal's translation of a pretty extensive three or four paragraph background. Who was Rabbi Gamliel? When did he live? What did he say? What was his position? Etc. And this gives a context for understanding what he said uh, about Matriyashma. Number one. But now, for, suppose you encounter Rabbi Gamliel in Meseches Bavakama. We don't, we're not going to reproduce that right. same note about him again and again, but if you have the iPad version... That will reproduce so, it. Sure, because if you see right. Rabban Gamliel and you wonder what... Wow. You put your finger on Rabban right. Gamliel and everything that we have about Rabban Gamliel pops up. Right. That's a whole new dimension that wasn't possible in a print book. Absolutely impossible. And this is going to open up entirely new horizons. I just gave a simple example right. of Rabbi Gamliel, but you can do it with, with, with concepts, with Yeshua Midas, with the Pigol and Oso, whatever the concepts happen to Can be. make the argument that you can uh, end up uh, learning more is available to you on uh, weekdays and on Shabbos. 
<laughs> but who knows? In a few years, they may come up with a Shabbos iPad. Who knows? No, uh, uh, Mr. Matthews, that is for the OU. Right. You will work on that. No, it's interesting. Mr. Matthew Miller, who is the publisher of Koran, right. and really is an important force in this entire project. So just last night, we were together at this uh, birthday party for our Steinsalz right. uh, dinner. And uh, people were talking, you know, all publishers are going out of business. Books are becoming obsolete. Correct. Uh, everything is electronic. So he says, no, Baruch Hashem, you know, we'll always have books. For Shabbos, for Yom Tov, we'll always have books. So from the publishing point of view, Shabbos is a, is a special a gift. A very important day. Both Rabbi Adin Steins, also Rabbi Svi Hirsch Weinrib in the studio here at JM in the AM. Uh, is there, we'll take phone calls if you want to speak to uh, our special guests. And it's an amazing morning for us here at JM and the AM, 201-209-9368, 201-209-9368. We'll see if we have people brave enough to uh, ask a question of these Torah scholars. Rabbi Steinsaltz, I'm not asking this question um, uh, uh, historically, timeline-wise. I'm asking it more from a philosophical, analytical point of view. If, if, a, if a foreigner, if a stranger to all this asked you what Talmud was, what would you say to them? And I don't just mean historically that it's, it follows the Mishnaic period, etc. I'm talking no, about what, what I, is Talmud? Look, uh, I, I've, I've been writing about the subject extensively. About, not, not only in the Talmud, but about the Talmud. One or two books, at least, about the Talmud. See, my first thing would be, it's a book that, like, there's, there's no other book like it in the world. And I think that I, my reading is quite extensive. So I can't say no book, not in other religions or that. It is a unique thing. It's a unique thing. And we, to, to explain it, I, I once wrote, you see, in one way, it's, the Talmud is a, is a living, very, a streaming dialogue. But it's printed. Mm -hmm. So it is, I, I wrote about it, that it is like a frozen, a frozen, a frozen river. See, you have a river and you can see the waves of the river, the waves of the sea, but they are frozen in in writing. So that is something that you you to really to understand the time to, to get into it, you have to see I one of my parallel para, parables or about it is yeah. you know what is what is telling not not just Talmud but Yiddish kind. See, there is a uh, Possibly for the there is a a four-dimensional table, four-dimensional table, mm -hmm. in which uh, along this table sit everybody that learns. So Moshe Rabbeinu sits at the head. Right. I'm sitting no, much closer to the end, to the other end of the, of the of the thing. But we are all we are all in some way sitting around the same table and talking together. See, it's very interesting that, that traditionally, when you quote anything, you say, Rabbi so-and-so says. Mm -hmm. You didn't say Rabbi so-and-so said. Right. Because he says. We are, that, we are in a living dialogue with everybody, from Moshe Rabbeinu to Rav Ashi. Now, and in a certain way, they respond to us. That is, that is what is so now. Is any book like this? Is there any book like this? Which is, it is well, called the, the, the space and time combined together to create 
this particular very, very different thing. So you can't really, you can't really explain it. It's like, what is the, what is, try to explain what is the taste of a peach? <laughs> very so, good. Okay, okay, you don't think it's, it's to do. Take a bite. All you'll get is an opinion. Is it delicious, not delicious? Yes, you take a bite. Right. See, so about, about Talmud. So on the subject of taking a bite, what's your reaction when you hear that people in the Orient are now fascinated with the Talmud? You see, the, what, what I'm wondering is why they didn't do it earlier. But they didn't have the, the means. Of course they are. Why? You see, there are people. So, so people are... They, I have been in China. And the Chinese who really despise everybody, I mean, all the West, the Westerns for them, the Western people for them are just a, 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 a very successful barbarians, but not really people to respect. But with, with Jews, they have real respect because I've been there and I, speaking to them, I said, we have, a, we have a culture that is older than Jews. Right. And we have a, a culture that is is a culture, and so when they look at it, they respect it. Now, if they can get any any what they call nash, any any kind of a of a of a getting a little bit of it, of course they should be interested. In in fact, they are fascinated by it, by it. They are not they are not ready to sit and learn Gemara right. with Marshall. Understood, I'm afraid, right? So. No, is there. No. Is, is there going to be a current Chinese edition of the Wide River? We haven't decided yet. Tafasta Maruba, not Tafasta. Very good. Look, uh, if, uh, if they, I, I, I have on my, on my own, I, I have a small edition of, of Turkey Oves, which I wrote a special special commentary on that was printed in China by the Academy of, of Science of China. See, they printed it. They printed it. And they published it. So you have it, and it is done really for Chinese. Unbelievable. And so, so you see, it's not so far-fetched. Rabbi Steinsaltz, your first 75 years have been pretty remarkable. It well, <laughs> you won't admit that, but they've been no, pretty remarkable. Uh, I am. I'm still not. I I hope that the the first hundred and fifty will be more interesting. <laughs> All right, two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. You'll need those just to see if we can uh, speak to our listeners. Two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. Rabbi Steinsalter, Rabbi Weinrib in studio. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, you're on the air. Oh, I guess they lost their nerve. I apologize for that. Uh, 201-209-9368, if somebody would like to uh, give it a try to speak to Rabbi Steinzels and Rabbi Weiner about the brand-new Koran Talmud Bavli, and um, the Mesechus Brachos is already out. What is the reaction of Rabbi Weiner? There is a way, even in the first couple of weeks of publication, to see what people worldwide are saying about this. What can you tell us? Yeah, the, the reviews so far have been uh, unanimously positive. What's interesting to me is people find different aspects of it positive. Some find the, the beauty of it, just the physical beauty, the artistic quality. Some find the print. Some find the color of the page. <laughs> uh, uh, but what people invariably point to is the quality of the translation and how helpful the notes are in giving people a different perspective, a different context uh, for, for a Talmud study. Um, 
it's starting to sell. It's really only on the market two weeks. Right. The actual launch date in uh, in Israel was on Yom Yerushalayim, which right. is really just two or three weeks ago. Is there a way for somebody to actually purchase the set and then get all the volumes as they come out? Is there something like that? Or am I yes. Right? The, the thing to do is to go on the Koren website. Right. K-O-R-E-N. Uh, K-O-R-E-N, the Koren website. And uh, from there, you'll find everything you need to know about how to order it. It's available on Amazon. I think it's available on Barnes & Nobles as well. Uh, but the place to go for all that type of information, especially for future volumes, is to go on the Koran website. Rabbi Steinsaltz, what is the passage or the section of the Talmud that you wish everybody was familiar with? Well, I would say that uh, uh, it, is, it is really, uh, you see, uh, I would say it's... See, that is in many ways what the Talmud says. Wherever you go, wherever you do, whatever you do, you are always related, which means it's not only when you sit and learn, when you sit, when you sit at your office, when you, when you eat, when you have anything, when, even when you, when you are, when you're out and resting. So the point is that you are always related, and I think that, that is in so many ways, you see, there is no, no subject that the Talmud doesn't deal with. Right. Everything, I mean, from the, the most, from, from what happens in the, in the high heavens to, to why, 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 why are cats forgetful? <laughs> see, no, this is... Even that, you'll find that in the Talmud. You'll find that in the Talmud. Yeah, they deal with, with everything. So that is, the, I would say that the Talmud is a way of showing the, the totality of the Torah. Let's see if we can get audience participation. 201-209-9368, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question for Rabbi Steinsaus and for Rabbi Wein. Maybe either one or both can answer. It says in the Gemara, And we see never in our time that we don't have such shalom at the highest levels. We don't have complete achdus at the level when it comes to the yomim, the yushu, and the how do we bring that tomorrow back to life? Well, Rabbi Weinrib, I think that uh, that, that is something that is... How oh, Rabbi Weinrib gets the Achdos questions? <laughs> yes, sure. I mean... Uh, I, I, I would, it's a very, very good question. Uh, I would say uh, two things. Number one, uh, there is more Achdos and more Shalom than we sometimes believe. Um... And I, I've seen it really in the past few years. There are various ways in which different groups, uh, I, I was executive vice president of the OU up until two or three years ago, uh, and I've seen more cooperation. Sometimes it's behind the scenes, sometimes it's up front between various groups. Ultimately, um, and this is really the implicit lesson in Talmidei Chacham Marbim Shalom Ba'olam, ultimately what brings Shalom is joint Torah study. When people get together and study Torah at whatever level, they come closer together. But the conflict in religious leadership that we experience seems very different than the Hillel and Shammai dichotomy. Look, uh, if you Hillel can't... and Shammai are or were an ideal, uh, which we try to lead up to, lead up to it. 
Uh, I'm not minimizing the questioner's uh, concerns right. about the lack of achdus at all, but I think that there's there's more achdus than we than we sometimes believe. Number one, and number two. Sure, there's machlokas, etc. But some of that is coming because people have different convictions. People are sincerely uh, concerned about the hashkafic issues, halachic issues. By the way, one of the points about Talmud study, which Rosh Steinzal did not mention here, but he's mentioned in his other writings, is on every page there's machlokas. Mm-hmm. There's, there's one parak in all of Shas. One parak of Mishnayas, no of Shas, where there's no machlokas. That's Ezehu Mekom on Shel Zavochim, and that's why it's in the Siddur. No machlokas. But otherwise, there's the machlokas in every single page. So obviously, the machlokas was gentle, it was with Darche Noam, it was with mutual respect, etc. But sometimes, even in the Gemara, you find very serious differences of opinion. <coughs> and, and strong emotions behind them. But ultimately, it's the Torah, which is uh, which will bring about peace. And if, if, if people study together, uh, they they become closer together. One of the advantages of, of Rav Steinsalz's approach in all of his works is that it reaches groups of Jews who are far, far away from each other. Right. You can see uh, young Hasidim studying, and you can see people who are totally non-observant. Uh, at last night's uh, birthday party, there were tributes from the entire spectrum of, of the Jewish community, way beyond uh, the Orthodox community. Uh, so, and what's done it, what's done in this is Torah. I, I do want to mention, uh, I hope the questioner allows me to do so, the actual website of Koren. The web address oh, please, is yeah. www.koren, K-O-R-E-N, pub, P-U-B, korenpub.com. And for all details about the book, about the price, and about the cost, and about the plans, and about how to get subscriptions, etc., and the other uh, publications of Koran, which include all of Rav Steinsaltz's works in English, um, uh, the place to look for is at that website. You're on the air with Rabbi Steinsaltz and Rabbi Weiner. Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi. I just wanted to ask, how does one get uh, his children to fall in love with the Talmud uh, where there's so much contradiction in it. As grown-ups, we may understand it, but as children, how does one get to get these children to fall in love with the Talmud and take it seriously at school? Good question. Yes. Uh, look, one thing is, it is, is like any, any part of education. The way to make children love the Talmud is in a strange way by the father loving the Talmud. See, there is nothing that as effective as imitation. See, the children imitate the fathers. If the, if you send the children to a cheder and you go to play golf, somehow the children get a, a different message. So so one of the things is you, you'll see it when when a father is immersed in it, is interested in it. When he's from time to time mentioning a, a word of it, then the children will follow. Now the point about about the machloikas, it's 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 not easy. It's not easy because the the idea that, that is that things can be seen from different points of view is very important. It's one of the ways of any way of relearning in any, any field. But for for we try to train the small children to a very simplistic 
uh, way of thinking, which is indeed not always always useful. They have to learn that when I when I when I wear shoes, it's a different process from wearing a hat, mm-hmm. and they learn it with the time. You see, the children learn that there's a left hand and a right hand, and the hands and the f- and the feet do don't do the same things. So this kind of learning of diversity. Is a part of what what a, a human being is doing. Look, from the time when you are a fetus, and you have complete unity in your law in your world, when you are getting born, you are diver- you have diversity, and you have to to master the diversity. And if you don't master it, you go back to the to the other world, and nobody wants to to do it too fast. Brilliant presentation. Rabbi I wonder why was this photo chosen for the current Talmud Bavli cover, just out of curiosity? The, the, you're referring to the picture of the Ramon, yes. of the pomegranates. Each volume will have a different picture, uh, which helps to capture the theme of that volume. So, of course, Maseches Brachos, which deals with Brachos, right. has a fruit, a pomegranate, which is one of the Sheva Minim, Shneshtapchu Bohem Eretz Yisroel. And it, it sends a message, numerous messages. It sends a message that this is a fruit that we make a bracha on, that this is the theme of this particular mesechta, that it has the theme of, of Eretz Yisroel, which is a major theme in the Talmud, etc. The subsequent volume, the first half of Meseches Shabbos, for example, doesn't have the pomegranate. Instead, it has uh, an ancient lamp, the menorah, mm-hmm. because of Ben Medlikim and Hadlokas Neros right. being a major theme of the first half of, um, of Meseches Shabbos. And so each, each, vo- each volume will have its icon, if right. you want, its symbol. And the pomegranate uh, is the symbol for Meseches Brochos. Of course, so, it's in, in the color edition, it's in full color, and right. that's part of the attraction. It's also, you know, the pomegranate is also a symbol for learning. It's full of greens, and each of them is, is a different, different and connected entity. So you have the whole thing is encapsulated in a way in in one one foot and then the symbolism of the rimon extends beyond that uh, the rimon is malayim zechuyos karimon hopefully we all have as many uh, virtues and, and isn't there a 613 uh, connection also uh, and uh, 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 they say 613 seeds they, they say there's 613 uh, seeds in the pomegranate <laughs> and the, the, the audience is welcome to take pomegranates and count to see how it really works the pomegranates don't always know about it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't always keep their end of the bargain, huh? <laughs> well. You're live on the air with Herb Stein, Zeltz, and Rabbi Weinrib. Good morning. Good morning, Nahum. Go ahead, Dave. Good morning, um, Rabbi Weinrib and Re- Rev Steinzoltz. Good morning. Go ahead. Rev Steinzoltz, let me tell you something. I, I am a non-Jew who's close to the Jewish people, and I have to tell you, just about every one of my observant friends, when they study Talmud, they, they go to your Gemara's. <laughs> I, I remember asking. Asking questions, you know, out of curiosity, and I remember one of my friends saying, "Wait a minute, let me let me go to my Stanzel's Gemara," and right away he comes with the answer. So I just want to tell you, keep up the good work. You're doing an excellent job. Hashem should continue to give you strength. Good Thank call, you. Dave. You don't know you don't know where the uh, Talmud is getting to, Stanzel. Huh? See, we spoke about China. Uh, exactly. The vision, you know, seeping um, into all societies. New Jersey is perhaps more remote. Right. <laughs> to some people, it certainly is. You're alive on the air. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to take this opportunity. Uh, me, growing up as a little boy, um, my father became 
very interested in learning Gemara, and he became a Baal Shuva. And I used to remember my father when I was nine years old, always uh, using the Steinzel Gemara to help him. And I think and my father is 73 years, 72 years old right now, and I think that his success in learning the Talmud has all to do with Rabbi Steinzel. And I just want to say thank you very much. And today my father is a very big... Uh, Jose Bachuva, he actually inspires other people. He has actually made over 150 Bale Chuva. And um, I want to say thank you on behalf of my father. Wow. Amazing. And I'm sure that call could be echoed by many others out there as well. Uh, it's been an amazing morning with Rabbi Steinzaltz and Rabbi Weinrib. The brand new Karin Talmud Bavli Brachos is out. Uh, the rest of the series will be uh, released. Um, uh, starting with Masechah Shabbos in the next few weeks. Uh, you can get all the information, korenpub.com, is it? Right. .com. Koren, K-O-R-E-N-Pub.com. K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B.com. Can I take advantage of the fact that I have two Torah scholars in front of me and uh, express a frustration for a moment? May I do that and get your comment before we wrap things up? Could, I, could you possibly say no? There are those, <laughs> there are those this week. There are those commentaries. This, this is not Talmud. This is this is Torah. This is Chumash. But they're Torah of Aksav, I should say, since we're separating the two. There are those this week who are very anxious to find a defense, a legitimate defense for the ten who spoke badly about Israel, why about the land of Israel? Why is that necessary? Why can't we just admit that that five sixths of this group made a terrible mistake? Why must we find a legitimate reason why they went in the direction of reporting this way. Have they had visions of the future, what might be, what will not be, in terms of it, what will be in Eretz Yisrael, what won't be in Israel, and they felt that this was best for the Jewish people. Why not just, why not just say that, 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 that two of them were brave enough to tell it like it is, and, and unfortunately ten of them were not? Do either of the rabbis have a response to my query? Well, it's not so very difficult. First of all, these were not just people that were chosen by, by random. There were people that were chosen by Moshe Rabbeinu. They were the best of the best. Kulom Anoshim, which means that they were the best. They were not just called chancy representatives. There were 10 12 people who were not just representing the tribes, but representing the best, the best in those tribes. Therefore, therefore, we, we are just astonished at the, at the reaction. Especially as the as the rabbis said in Gemore, they they didn't tell any lies. They told everything that was as it is. The the, the two others that that spoke for Eretz Israel didn't deny the problems. They say we'll overcome, and the others were saying we it's very hard. But the punishment was handed out because of them. Yes, and uh, let me just say that somebody, it's, it's, in, it's a commentary, it's not mine. I'm, I'm just quoting. See, the other people really, really dis- dreamt about a kind of a existence that would be a com- almost supernatural. We want to be Jews, to be completely spiritual. <coughs> and what could be more spiritual than sitting in the desert? No, no enemies around, and we get we get food every day, and everything is given to us, and that is a real spiritual life. It's a super coil, see. 
So these people were fighting for that. Coming to Eretz Yisrael means getting involved, let's say, with work, with enemies, with other things. So this, this dispute or this discussion is, is quite a common one even today. I was going to say, it continues till today. So, so, so you see when we defend, defend those people, we speak about things. It is indeed the problem is, should we, should we go into living in Eretz Yisrael with the problems? Or should we live in other places that may be more, more easier, a little bit like, like, like Midbar uh, Ha'amin? See, so I'm saying in that sense, mm-hmm. it makes sense what we, we, are, we are discussing something that didn't, the, the Mahlukis didn't stop. It still consists. Right. Understood. I wonder, but I think that. I, I, I like Rav Steinsatz's approach. Yeah, I, I would come at it as well from a different perspective. It's important to realize that good and bad, right and wrong, are usually not a matter of black or white. And this is an important lesson for all of us to learn. And even if punishment is involved, of in course, other words, even if right, at the end right, it's decided right, exactly, exactly, that one exactly must be disappointed. Right. In other words, to say the maradlam were all bad and Yeshua Kalev were all good, then it doesn't, it can't relate to us in our lives because most of our important choices are not either all bad or all good. Mm-hmm. And the lesson here is that Maraglam it was a mixed message. I mean, there was much in what they said that was good, and some of their intentions and motives may have been good. They weren't evil, evil, evil. Uh, however, they were wrong, and it's a chait, and it's called a chait, and we suffer the consequences, ad hayom hazeh, which tells you that, you know, that uh, moral decisions are complex and subtle and uh, ambiguous sometimes, and, and even if an and, and yet there's a right and a wrong, right? And, and, and that's what makes uh, that's what makes it difficult to make these decisions. Well, you, that's the lesson of the miraculous. You both have helped me understand this better, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, Rav Steinzaltz, continued success. The next seventy-five years should be at least as amazing as the first seventy-five years. I hope so, and uh, I hope that if I'll say it in the Sephardi way, that. That you you'll you'll be able to see it in your lifetime. Amen. Thank you so much, Rabbi Weiner. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Continued success. Korenpub.com for anything we've discussed this morning. Correct. Correct. Thank you very much. There it is. Uh, an amazing conversation with both Rabbi Steinsaltz and Rabbi Weinrib. Koren Talmud Bavli Brachos is out. Celebrate. Get it. It's amazing. And uh, the entire Shas, all forty-one volumes to follow. Uh, the rest of the 41 volumes to follow. This is a very special Tuesday morning edition at JM in the AM. That was my conversation from 2012 with Harav Adin Steinsaltz and Rabbi Weinrib on the topic of the uh, Talmud and its publication by Koren Publishers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up if you keep it here at the Nahum Siegel Network.